section twenty three of canada south america central america mexico and the west indies this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world story volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan section twenty three the fall of quebec seventeen fifty nine by george bancroft as soon as the floating masses of ice permitted the forces for the expedition against quebec had repaired to louisbourg and already wolfe the english commander by his activity and zeal his good judgment and the clearness of his orders inspired unbounded confidence his army consisted of eight regiments two battalions of royal americans three companies of rangers artillery and a brigade of engineers and all about eight thousand men the fleet under saunders had two and twenty ships of the line and as many frigates and armed vessels on board of one of the ships was jarvis afterwards earl of st vincent another which followed bore as master james cook the navigator who was destined to explore and reveal the unknown paths and thousand isles of the pacific the brigades had for their commanders the brave open-hearted and liberal robert monckton afterwards governor of new york and conqueror of martinique george townsend elder brother of charles townsend soon to succeed his father in the peerage and became known as a legislator for america a man of quick perception but unsafe judgment and the rash and inconsiderate james murray for his adjutant-general wolfe selected isaac barr an old associate at Louisburg, an irishman of humble birth eloquent ambitious and fearless the grenadiers of the army were formed into a corps commanded by colonel guy carleton a detachment of light infantry were to receive orders from lieutenant-colonel afterwards sir william howe on the twenty sixth of june the whole armament arrived without the least accident off the isle of orleans on which the next day they disembarked a little south of west the cliff of quebec was seen distinctly seemingly impregnable rising precipitously in the midst of one of the grandest scenes in nature to protect this guardian citadel of new france montcalm had of regular troops no more than six wasted battalions of indian warriors few appeared the wary savages preferring the security of neutrals the canadian militia gave him the superiority in numbers but he put his chief confidence in the natural strength of the country above quebec the high promontory on which the upper town is built expands into an elevated plain having towards the river the steepest declivities for nine miles or more above the city as far as cape rouge every landing-place was entrenched and protected the river st charles after meandering through a fertile valley sweeps the rocky base of the town which it covers by expanding into sedgy marshes nine miles below quebec the impetuous montmorency after fretting itself a whirlpool route and leaping for miles down the steps of a rocky bed rushes with velocity toward the ledge over which falling two hundred and fifty feet it pours its fleecy cataract into the chasm as wolfe disembarked on the isle of orleans what scene could be more imposing on his left lay at anchor the fleet with the numerous transports the tents of his army stretched across the island the entrenched troops of france having their centre at the village of beauport extended from the montmorency to the st charles the city of quebec garrisoned by five battalions bounded the horizon at midnight on the twenty eighth the short darkness was lighted up by a fleet of fire-ships that after a furious storm of wind came down with the tide in the proper direction but the british sailors grappled with them and towed them free of the shipping the river was wolfe's the men of war made it so and being master of the deep water he also had the superiority on the south shore of the st lawrence in the night of the twenty ninth monckton with four battalions having crossed the south channel occupied point levis 
and where the mighty current which below the town expands as a bay narrows to a deep stream of but a mile in width batteries of mortar and cannon were constructed the citizens of quebec foreseeing the ruin of their houses volunteered to pass over the river and destroy the works but at the trial their courage failed them and they retreated the english by the discharge of red-hot balls and shells set on fire fifty houses in a night demolished the lower town and injured the upper but the citadel was beyond their reach and every avenue from the river to the cliff was too strongly entrenched for an assault as yet no real progress had been made wolfe was eager for battle being willing to risk all his hopes on the issue he saw that the eastern bank of the montmorency was higher than the ground occupied by montcalm and on the ninth of july he crossed the north channel and encamped there but the armies and their chiefs were still divided by the river precipitating itself down its rocky way in impassable eddies and rapids three miles in the interior a ford was found but the opposite bank was steep woody and well entrenched not a spot on the line of the montmorency for miles into the interior nor on the st lawrence to quebec was left unprotected by the vigilance of the inaccessible montcalm the general proceeded to reconnoitre the shore above the town in concert with saunders on the eighteenth of july he sailed along the well-defended bank from montmorency to the st charles he passed the deep and spacious harbour which at four hundred miles from the sea can shelter a hundred ships of the line he neared the high cliff of cape diamond towering like a bastion over the waters and surmounted by the banner of the bourbons he coasted along the craggy wall of rock that extends beyond the citadel he marked the outline of the precipitous hill that forms the north bank of the river and everywhere he beheld a natural fastness vigilantly defended entrenchments cannon boats and floating batteries guarding every access had a detachment landed between the city and cape rouge it would have encountered the danger of being cut off before it could receive support he would have risked a landing at st michael's cove three miles above the city but the enemy prevented him by planting artillery and a mortar to play upon the shipping meantime at midnight on the twenty eighth of july the french sent down a raft of fire stages consisting of nearly a hundred pieces but these like the fire ships a month before did but light up the river without injuring the british fleet scarcely a day passed but there were skirmishes of the english with the indians and canadians who were sure to tread stealthily in the footsteps of every exploring party wolfe returned to montmorency july was almost gone and he had made no effective advances he resolved on an engagement the montmorency after falling over a perpendicular rock flows for three hundred yards amidst clouds of spray and rainbow glories in a gentle stream to the st lawrence near the junction the river may for a few hours of the tide be passed on foot it was planned that two brigades should ford the montmorency at the proper time of the tide while monckton's regiment should cross the st lawrence in boats from point Levy the signal was made but some of the boats grounded on a ledge of rocks that runs out into the river while the seamen were getting them off and the enemy were firing a vast number of shot and shells wolfe with some of the navy officers as companions selected a landing-place and his desperate courage thought it not too late to begin the attack thirteen companies of grenadiers and two hundred of the second battalion of the royal americans who got first on shore not waiting for support ran hastily toward the entrenchments and were repulsed in such disorder that they could not again come into line though monckton's regiments had arrived and had formed with the coolness of invincible valor but hours hurried by night was near the clouds of midsummer gathered heavily as if for a storm the tide rose and wolfe wiser than frederick at collin ordered a timely retreat a strand of deep mud a hillside steep and in many places impracticable the heavy fire of a brave numerous and well-protected enemy were obstacles which intrepidity and discipline could not overcome in general orders wolfe censured the impetuosity of the grenadiers 
as able alone to beat back the whole canadian army this severe check in which four hundred lives were lost happened on the last day of july murray was next sent with twelve hundred men above the town to destroy the french ships and open a communication with amherst twice he attempted a landing on the north shore without success at des chambeaux a place of refuge for women and children he won advantages over a guard of invalid soldiers and learned that niagara had surrendered that the french had abandoned ticonderoga and crown point the eyes of wolfe were strained to see amherst approach vain hope the commander-in-chief though opposed by no more than three thousand men was loitering at crown point nor did even a messenger from him arrive wolfe was alone to struggle with difficulties which every hour made more appalling the numerous body of armed men under montcalm could not he said be called an army but the french had the strongest country perhaps in the world on which to rest the defence of the town their boats were numerous and weak points were guarded by floating batteries the keen eye of the indian prevented surprise the vigilance and hardihood of the canadians made entrenchments everywhere necessary the peasantry were zealous to defend their homes language and religion old men of seventy and boys of fifteen fired at the english detachments from the edges of the wood every one able to bear arms was in the field little quarter was given on either side thus for two months the british fleet had ridden idly at anchor the army had lain in their tents the feeble frame of wolf sank under the energy of his restless spirit and the pain of anxious inactivity yet while disabled by fever he laid before the brigadiers three several and equally desperate methods of attacking montcalm and his entrenchments at beauport meeting at monckton's quarters they wisely and unanimously gave their opinions against them all and advised to convey four or five thousand men above the town and thus draw montcalm from his impregnable situation to an open action wolf acquiesced in their proposal and with despair in his heart yet as one conscious that he lived under the eye of pitt and of his country he prepared to carry it into effect attended by the admiral he examined once more the citadel with a view to a general assault although every one of the five passages from the lower to the upper town was carefully entrenched saunders was willing to join in any hazard for the public service but i could not propose to him said wolf an undertaking of so dangerous a nature and promising so little success he had the whole force of canada to oppose and by the nature of the river the fleet could render no assistance in this situation wrote wolf to pitt on the second of september there is such a choice of difficulties that i am myself at a loss how to determine the affairs of great britain require most vigorous measures but then the courage of a handful of brave men should be exerted only where there is some hope england read the dispatch with dismay and feared to hear further tidings securing the posts on the isle of orleans and opposite quebec he marched with the army on the fifth and sixth of september from point levis to which place he had transferred all the troops from montmorency and embarked them in transports that had passed the town for the purpose on the three following days admiral holmes with the ships ascended the river to amuse bougainville who had been sent up the north shore to watch the movements of the british army and prevent a landing new france began to feel a sentiment of joy believing the worst dangers of the campaign over de la Ville, the second officer in command was sent to protect montreal with a detachment it was said of three thousand men summer which in that climate hurries through the sky was over and the british fleet must soon withdraw from the river my constitution wrote the general to holderness on the ninth just four days before his death is entirely ruined without the consolation of having done any considerable service to the state and without any prospect of it but in the meantime wolfe applied himself intently to reconnoitring the north shore above quebec nature had given him good eyes as well as a warmth of temper to follow first impressions he himself discovered the cove which now bears his name where the bending 
promontories almost form a basin with a very narrow margin over which the hill rises precipitously he saw the path that wound up the steep though so narrow that two men could hardly march in it abreast and he knew by the number of tents which he counted on the summit that the canadian posts which guarded it could not exceed a hundred here he resolved to land his army by surprise to mislead the enemy his troops were kept far above the town while saunders as if an attack was intended at beauport sent cook the great mariner with others to sound the water and plant boys along that shore the day and night of the twelfth were employed in preparations the autumn evening was bright and the general under the clear starlight visited his stations to make his final inspection and utter his last words of encouragement as he passed from ship to ship he spoke to those in the boat with him of the poet gray and the elegy in a country churchyard i said he would prefer being the author of that poem to the glory of beating the french to-morrow and while the oars struck the river as it rippled in the silence of the night air under the flowing tide he repeated the boast of heraldry the pomp of power and all that beauty all that wealth e'er gave await alike the inevitable hour the paths of glory lead but to the grave every officer knew his appointed duty when at one o'clock in the morning of the thirteenth of september wolfe with monckton and murray and about half the forces set off in boats and without sail or oars glided down with the tide in three-quarters of an hour the ships followed and though the night had become dark aided by the rapid current they reached the cove just in time to cover the landing wolfe and the troops with him leaped on shore the light infantry who found themselves borne by the current a little below the entrenched path clambered up the steep hills staying themselves by the roots and boughs of the maple and spruce and ash trees that covered the precipitous declivity and after a little firing dispersed the picket which guarded the height the rest ascended safely by the pathway a battery of four guns on the left was abandoned to colonel howe when townsend's division disembarked the english had already gained one of the roads to quebec and advancing in front of the forest wolfe stood at daybreak with his invincible battalions on the plains of abraham the battlefield of empire it can be but a small party come to burn a few houses and retire said montcalm in amazement as the news reached him in his entrenchments the other side of the st charles but obtaining better information then he cried they have at last got to the weak side of this miserable garrison we must give battle and crush them before midday and before ten the two armies equal in numbers each being composed of less than five thousand men were ranged in presence of one another for battle the english not easily accessible from intervening shallow ravines and rail fences were all regulars perfect in discipline terrible in their fearless enthusiasm thrilling with pride their morning's success commanded by a man whom they obeyed with confidence and love the doomed and devoted montcalm and what wolfe called but five weak french battalions of less than two thousand men mingled with disorderly peasantry formed on ground which commanded the position of the english the french had three little pieces of artillery the english one or two the two armies cannonaded each other for nearly an hour when montcalm having summoned bourganville to his aid and dispatched messenger after messenger for de vaudreuil who had fifteen hundred men at the camp to come up before he should be driven from the ground endeavoured to flank the british and crowd them down the high bank of the river wolfe counteracted the movement by detaching townsend with amherst's regiment and afterwards a part of the royal americans who formed on the left with a double front waiting no longer for more troops montcalm led the french army impetuously to the attack the ill-disciplined companies broke by their precipitation and the unevenness of the ground and fired by platoons without unity the english especially the forty-third and forty-seventh where monkton stood received the shock with calmness and after having at wolfe's command reserved their fire till their enemy was within forty yards their line began a regular rapid and exact discharge of musketry 
montcalm was present everywhere braving danger wounded but cheering by his example the second in command de senazergues an associate in glory at ticonderoga was killed the brave but untried canadians flinching from a hot fire in the open field began to waver and so soon as wolfe placing himself at the head of the twenty eighth and the louisbourg grenadiers charged with bayonets they everywhere gave way of the english officers carleton was wounded barr who fought near wolfe received in the head a ball which destroyed the power of vision of one eye and ultimately made him blind wolfe also as he led the charge was wounded in the wrist but still pressing forward he received a second ball and having decided the day was struck a third time and mortally in the breast support me he cried to an officer near him let not my brave fellow see me drop he was carried to the rear and they brought him water to quench his thirst they run they run spoke the officer on whom he leaned who run asked wolfe as his life was fast ebbing the french replied the officer give way everywhere what cried the expiring hero do they run already go one of you to colonel burton bid him march webb's regiment with all speed to charles river to cut off the fugitives four days before he had looked forward to early death with dismay now god be praised i die happy these were his last words as his spirit escaped in the blaze of his glory night silence the rushing tide veteran discipline the sure inspiration of genius had been his allies his battlefield high over the ocean river was the grandest theatre on earth for illustrious deeds his victory one of the most momentous in the annals of mankind gave to the english tongue and the institutions of the germanic race the unexplored and seemingly infinite west and north he crowded into a few hours actions that would have given lustre to length of life and filling his day with greatness completed it before its noon monkton the first brigadier after greatly distinguishing himself was shot through the lungs the next in command townsend brave but deficient in sagacity and attractive power and the delicate perception of right recalled the troops from the pursuit and when de bougainville appeared in view declined a contest with a fresh enemy but already the hope of new france was gone born and educated in camps montcalm had been carefully instructed and was skilled in the language of homer as well as in the art of war greatly laborious just and disinterested hopeful even to rashness sagacious in counsel swift in action his mind was a well-spring of bold designs his career in canada a wonderful struggle against inexorable destiny sustaining hunger and cold vigils and incessant toil anxious for his soldiers unmindful of himself he set even to the forest-trained red men an example of self-denial and endurance and in the midst of corruption made the public good his aim struck by a musket-ball as he fought opposite monkton he continued in the engagement till in attempting to rally a body of fugitive canadians in a copse near st john's gate he was mortally wounded on hearing from the surgeon that death was certain i am glad of it he cried how long shall i survive ten or twelve hours perhaps less so much the better i shall not live to see the surrender of quebec to the council of war he showed that in twelve hours all the troops near it at hand might be concentrated and renew the attack before the english were entrenched when de ramsay who commanded the garrison asked his advice about defending the city to your keeping he replied i commend the honour of france as for me i shall pass the night with god and prepare myself for death having written a letter recommending the french prisoners to the generosity of the english his last hours were given to the hope of endless life and at five the next morning he expired the day of the battle had not passed when de vaudreuil who had no capacity for war wrote to de ramsay at quebec not to wait for an assault but as soon as his provisions were exhausted to raise the white flag of surrender we have cheerfully sacrificed our fortunes and our homes said the citizens but we cannot expose our wives and children to a massacre at a council of war friedmont a captain of artillery was the only one who wished to hold out to the last extremity and on the seventeenth of september before the english had constructed batteries de ramsay capitulated 
america rang with exultation the towns were bright with illuminations the hills with bonfires legislatures the pulpit the press echoed the general joy provinces and families gave thanks to god england too which had shared the despondency of wolfe triumphed at his victory and wept for his death end of section twenty three this recording is in the public domain